right, so uh, welcome to the Rob Burgess Show, me. Um, this is the first time I've ever flown solo on the Rob Burgess Show. Normally I would have a guest. Normally I'd have a set of questions. I don't really have that, but I feel like I feel like we can make this work. When I was a little kid, I used to sit in my room and I used to have a picnic table in my room and I would sit on either side of the picnic table when I was supposed to be taking a nap and I would interview myself but I wouldn't be interviewing myself like I was talking to myself I was pretending to be both sides of the conversation um, so I would be the both interviewer and then I would go to the other side of the picnic table and I would sit at that side and answer the question that me on the other side had just asked. So I wasn't trying to be both people, but I kind of had to be because in that situation, I was the only person there. So <laughs> hopefully it won't be like that exactly. But uh, anyway, welcome to the solo episode of The Rob Burgess Show. Um, I figured as long as I ask people, and this will be the 41st episode of the Rob Burgess Show, I've, I've asked a lot of people to expose a lot of themselves, um, you know, willingly. You know, I never, <laughs> I never recorded anybody without their knowledge. Um, but they, people that I've interviewed have, have shown a lot of themselves in many different ways. And, and I, you know, I, I converse with them and I you know, reveal parts of myself as they tell their own stories, but I've never sat down and, and talked about myself in, uh, in a long way, uh, like an episode length way. So I thought this would be a good time to just tell you a little bit about myself. Um, only because I, I try to stay out of the way as much as possible when I do these interviews. Um, I really don't like to, and I really it's annoying to me when I hear other people interviewed that uh, the the interviewer won't get out of the way of the the, the answers that they they don't want to actually hear the answers they just want to hear themselves talk. Um, for all the great things about Howard Stern, for example, he's a great talker. He gets a lot of, a lot out of people, but he so dominates the conversation that it's just not what. And it's great in its own way, but it's not what I'm going for. You know, I never want, excuse me, this podcast to be about me necessarily. It's it's usually just, well, hopefully it's always just about the people that I'm interviewing and, you know, getting them to express themselves as fully as possible without me stepping on them, you know. Um, so anyway, I don't like to... Uh, I, I mean, I talk about myself and I, I tell people, uh, you know, things about my life when they reveal things about their life. I, I try to reciprocate in kind with, with things that, you know, we have common ground with, you know, that I, you have something in your life, I have something in my life, but that's, that's as far as I try to take it, you know, it doesn't always work that way. Um, but so as I've, I've definitely talked about all the time, I am a journalist. Um, I am the fourth generation of, I'm, <laughs> I'm the fourth generation in my family on my mom's side to be a journalist. Um, I grew up in newsrooms, mainly one newsroom, but the, uh, the Times Mail in Bedford, Indiana, um, 
my mom was a columnist and lifestyle editor. Um, you know, so I spent a lot of late nights in newsrooms waiting for my mom to finish the paper. So I, I wrote for the Times Mail. I wrote for my uh, high school newspaper, The Orbit. Wrote for that for four years, the newspaper at Mitchell High School in Mitchell, Indiana. Became the editor-in-chief my final year, um, senior year. I also simultaneously to that intermittently wrote for the Times Mail where my mom had worked at the time. Um, and then I went to Indiana University. Um, but I took a left turn in some ways, uh, you could say, into education. And this wasn't really that much of a left turn. It was, you know, I'd, I had uh, been a student teacher of sorts for one period of the day during my senior year of high school with my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Watterson, who I liked very much. Um, you know, it wasn't totally out of the realm of possibility for me to be a teacher. Um, but... I, you know, I realized maybe too late that I did not want to actually have majored in elementary education, which I ended up doing, um, that my interests lie, you know, back with, you know, what I was doing with, you know, the newspaper, uh, various newspaper journalism, being a reporter, being somebody that writes for a living. Um, so I knew that was where my ultimate passions lay and I always wrote for myself I have <laughs> some embarrassing diaries I called them journals because that's more manly uh, diaries journals what have you uh, somewhere that will never see the light of day if I can ever find them um, so you know I, I write for myself I would always write for myself whether or not anything became of it. it, it, it meant something I felt it was very important to document uh, what was going on with me. But it is embarrassing to read back with that stuff. It really is. Which is mainly one of the main reasons why I don't keep a diary or a journal or whatever you want to call it anymore. Uh, only because I know there is no time in, in the future which I will enjoy having read. You know, I may like want certain details that I've written, I guess, but it, to wade through that with all the... Just, you know, <laughs> who is this person? Um... Anyway, I don't I don't do that anymore. But the point is that I uh, would write for myself, and I would always write just how I was feeling, what was going on. Um, you know, so I had that in me, and I knew I did. But you know, I also, when I was in college, uh, got involved in an overseas teaching program. Uh, so I was kind of trapped in certain ways because I didn't want to lose this opportunity to go overseas and teach uh, kids. And if I didn't get that, then I felt like I would never get to do that. So, I'm, you know, junior year, I was kind of like, I kind of knew that I shouldn't be doing this. But I really had just a matter of, it was really a matter of weeks at that point, because the first part of the last semester of my senior year, which I graduated in four years, um, was... In two, this is in 2005. I, uh, as I graduated high school in 2001, and then I graduated IU Bloomington in 2005. So the first part of 2005, I spent student teaching here in Indiana. 
So then in about March, I went over to England and I student taught at a uh, elementary school. It was uh, St. Nicholas Primary School in Cranley in Surrey, uh, United Kingdom. And I did that. I was there for three months. It was great. It was, it was a wonderful experience in, in every way. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, and I got to see, you know, Europe. I took a two week trip through the continent, excuse me, on a EU rail pass. Um, saw France, saw Germany, saw Netherlands, Spain. So just great, awesome experience. But I came back, I had this degree in something that I knew that I didn't necessarily want to do for the rest of my life. I eventually became a teacher's assistant at Eastern Green Elementary School. I lived in Bloomington. And I lived with Jonathan, who you've heard a number of times on the podcast, and Ash, and another person named Mike, but we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> and Ash, uh, who I had known because she was first friends with Jonathan and then with me, um, I came back and we lived together. And, you know, we were roommates first, and then uh, we were more than roommates. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> so while I was living uh, in Bloomington, teaching at Eastern Green Elementary uh, in Green County, um, I also began to do news stories for WFHB in, in Bloomington uh, for their daily local news program. I had been and also was at the time a DJ uh, both before and after I went to England, uh, at, I had a late night radio show called Mind Bullets, which Jonathan was on several times along with other people. Um, and I was from one to three in the morning or if, you know, the person after me didn't show up, uh, three or I could go three to six as well, but I didn't have to, all I had to do was just, you know, lock the studio up at night and then leave. So Friday, one to 3 AM, uh, that was my time on, on the radio, but I also did, uh, you know, daily local news stories. So I did a number of, uh, stories for WFHB and at the same time, I also had applied for education reporter position at the Martinsville Reporter Times. Uh, but I, I didn't really have any clips to show them the first time this job came open. So they suggested that I come back with some clips. And I, I don't know how it happened, that I who I got in contact with or, or who talked to who, but I, I did start doing freelance work for the Times Mail again um, for their lifestyle section. Um, so I did that simultaneous to me working, uh, as the correspondent for the daily local news at WFHB so that when the job came open again later, uh, at the reporter times, I had something to show them and I'd been taking basically all the available freelance work that I could, uh, there. So then I became a reporter at the Martinsville uh, paper, and I started doing my column, House of Burgess. That was the first place that was published. During that time, this was 2007 by now, so I graduated IU in 2005. In 2007, I got the job at the Reporter Times. 
So I only worked at the Reporter Times for a couple of months because while I was working there, I had been sending my resume out to pretty much every newspaper in Northern California. And I had wanted to move to California since I can remember what knowing what California was. I mean, my cousins and my aunt and uncle lived in San Diego, so we went there sometimes, and it was just, you know, I was just like, yep, yes, I would like to live here someday. So I just, you know, I, I sent my uh, my information to every, you know, newspaper in, in Northern California, and just so happened that without me knowing it, the Ukiah Daily Journal in Ukiah, California, in Mendocino County, two hours north of San Francisco, was hiring. So I interviewed over the phone. Uh, we, f- Ash and I flew out. We, at that time, were living together by ourselves. Yeah, so I worked at the Ukiah Daily Journal for two years, from 2007 to 2009. Um, in 2009, I stopped working as a reporter for the Ukiah Daily Journal, and I became the producer of the Ukiah Valley Television uh, weekly news show. And I did that for a year. That pretty much ended, and the whole thing pretty much ended soon after that. So that that, that is no more. That don't, The domain name doesn't even work anymore for that for that business. So I moved back from California with Ash, which we had gotten married just months before we moved back, back in Indiana. Moved back and I was working three jobs, de-icing airplanes at the Indianapolis International Airport. I worked at a call center and I was freelance writing for Nuvo Newsweekly soon after I got back. So I was doing all those things simultaneously, working, I I think the longest stretch I ever worked with no break was 21 days. So I was just working my tail off because I was, it was six months in between when the Ukiah Valley TV thing ended, pretty much totally ended. The, The business went under soon after I was laid off. Um, cause it was really just one guy and it just, yeah. Anyway, so, so six months in between then when, in, when on July of 2009 until I moved back to Indiana with Ash, oh, that was a crazy, crazy trip. Just no sleep. I drove all the way back from California to U-Haul. It was just mayhem, just mayhem. I've never been that tired, even with a newborn, I don't think. It was it was dangerous. In July 2010 is when I was laid off from Ukiah Valley TV. It went under soon after that, November of 2010, when we moved back to Indiana. So that's when we moved to Noblesville, Indiana. So anyway, that was when I was working the three jobs at the call center, the DIC airplanes, and Nuvo News, News Weekly. This was during the winter of 2010. Yes, okay, into 2011. 2011 to 2012, I was pretty much just working at the call center. And that was the worst job I ever had. 
that was terrible for many reasons. I'm part of a class action lawsuit against that employer, if that tells you anything. The, the wages that they paid people were not fair. I'll put it that way at all. In March of 2012, I had applied to and got uh, the job I currently have uh, not yet at the Kokomo Tribune. So that was, yeah, March... 31st of 2012 was my first day at the Kokomo Tribune. Oh, you know, talking for this long is exhausting. Voice gets all rattly. I just go, usually go, mm-hmm, yep. You don't say. So, yeah, talking nonstop. So anyway, I'm now an award-winning journalist. I've won five awards. Um, I've been part of other awards that for general staff um, just for general excellence and greatness, you know, you can go to my website, thisburgess.com, read all about it if you want to. But, you know, I've, you know, I've been at the Kokomo Tribune now for coming up on, f- it'll be five years in three months. That, yeah, that's pretty much my work life story, career life story. As far as podcasts go, the first podcast I ever heard was the Ricky Gervais show with uh, Stephen Merchant and uh, Carl Pilkington. Uh, that was when I was living in California, so that had to have been 2000, between 2007 and 2010, probably closer to 2008, whenever that happened. Somewhere around then was when I heard my first podcast. I started my first podcast, which was Robcast. There was only, I believe, 16 episodes of that. It was it was pieces of short writing each week by me or people that you would know from this podcast, like Ash. I did that until... I think I pretty much did that until I worked at the Ukiah Valley Television job. Uh, so, I yeah, I did that. That must have been... Yeah, that must have been 2009. So I only, yeah, because then when I got the Ukiah Valley Television job, I, I stopped doing that podcast. It was just a lot of work to like write something or have someone else write something, have it be good. And I don't know. I just didn't stick with it. Um, I think because I made the concept a little too hard. I, it wasn't natural. It was a good experiment. I'm very proud of that podcast, but it wasn't, I don't think I was meant to do that for a long time. It just didn't, it wasn't fitting for what I was trying to do ultimately, I don't think. Um, And then when I started this podcast, it was March of this year, but I've been thinking about doing a podcast for much longer than that. Uh, I've been writing about podcasts on my website for a long time. Uh, I listen to podcasts constantly. Um, I think they're one of the most exciting mediums to happen in a long time. It, it really is uh, just a great format for my sensibility. So, yeah. So, I was going to go through. I have the episode list pulled up for the Rob Burgess Show, the illustrious podcast you're listening to right now. Um, episode one, we had Sean Spicer. Uh, he's been on again. Uh, I hope we can have another one, Sean, if you're listening. <laughs> After the new year, um, Jonathan was episode two, Jonathan Fowler. He's been on 10 times now. 
Zach Sampson was episode three. We talked about Kanye West for nearly three hours. We, yeah, we probably have more to discuss on that, Zach. We should probably talk again. Uh, Michael A. Wood Jr. was episode four. Um, the first person that I interviewed who wasn't somebody that was always like already like friends with. Um, but Michael A. Wood Jr. has been on again later on in the podcast and hopefully again soon. Uh, episode five was Matt Alano Martin, uh, of the limestone comedy fest, which I have been to since its beginning, except for last year, but I will go again. Uh, episode six was the kingdom of Sweden. Uh, so we had almost three hours of this phone number that Sweden, the, you know, I, I think it was the tourism board. If I remember right, um, you could call a random Swede and, they would sign up for this and, and get to talk to them. Uh, and they, that was a lot of fun, actually. That was a good episode. Uh, Mallory Willits was episode seven. Uh, she is going to be on again soon. We just talked recently. And she's got some pretty exciting stuff coming up. Uh, that's all I'll say for now. Uh, episode eight, Melanie Simay, uh, who I saw today got retweeted by Chuck Polnick. Shout out. Uh, so she, uh, that was a great episode. We need to do that again soon. Episode nine is Benjamin Fowler. That's Jonathan's brother, of course. Um, just a lot of good talk about music that episode. Uh, Jonathan was on again, episode 10. Uh, Monica Stark, um, worked together at the Ukiah Daily Journal. Uh, so we definitely should talk again. Episode 12 was Kristen Clifford. Uh, Kristen has since moved to, she was just about to move to, LA, uh, and she did since then, so uh, she's out there. Uh, so, episode 13 is Martin Screlly. Uh, he posted his phone number again on Twitter, and I had half a mind to call him, but I didn't bring my recording equipment to where I was at when I saw that. So, maybe next time. Um, episode 14 is Brandon Chapman and Josh Sigler of the Sounding Off podcast. Um, we should do one again. Uh, episode 15 was Rick Friday, cartoonist who has since got his job back at the uh, Farm News, where uh, his cartoon was canceled unceremoniously after offending a local seed dealer. So uh, due to public pressure, he's gotten that back, and he's got a lot more opportunities too. So good for him, and uh, we should talk to him again soon. Ash's first episode was on episode 16. Uh, we have the kingdom of Sweden again in episode 17, but that's where I figured out that the phone number to call Sweden had been closed. So I talked to somebody from the tourism board, hope they do it again. That was a good idea. More countries should do it. Michael Awood Jr. is back episode 18 for a second appearance. Brent Greenwood episode 19. Great episode. Um, I just, uh, started reading the book that she was talking about on that, that episode, uh, all the ugly and wonderful things. Uh, she uh, has been, I, I believe, on the Amazon bestsellers list uh, recently. I saw her tweet. So good for her, and uh, we'll have her back soon, I hope. Uh, Jonathan Fowler, episode 20, uh, third appearance, fourth appearance, episode 21. Jeff Smith, that was, an, that was a really good episode. Um, 
talked about his book, Mr. Smith Goes to Prison. Uh, Sean Spicer came back for episode 23. Uh, the Sean Spicer episode 23 episode was interesting because when I posted that to YouTube, so with the number of copyright infringement violation notices, um, eventually just had to end up reposting that episode on YouTube without the, the music that Sean had mixed uh, and that was talking about in the episode. So, uh, you want to hear the full version of that, go to SoundCloud, because um, YouTube is the edited version, and uh, they think he's uh, on the wrong side of the internet law. <laughs> uh, episode 24, Kim Sohi, that was a good episode as well, um, and uh, she should come back on soon. Uh, she had some unique perspectives from Korea. Uh, episode 25 was Mark Levin. That was another great episode. Uh, talked about his documentary, uh, Crack in the System, Freeway Crack in the System. Uh, Emmy nominated. Episode 26, Ash came back. Episode 27, Ash came back again. Uh, episode 28, John Seabrook. Uh, John Seabrook was another great guest. Uh, talked about his book, The Song Machine. Definitely read that. Uh, Jonathan Fowler came back for... Uh, Episode 29, fifth appearance. Episode 30, Jonathan Fowler again for the sixth appearance. Seventh appearance, Jonathan Fowler. Eighth appearance, episode 32, 33. Oh, sorry, 32. Yeah, 32 was the eighth appearance. So we did all the presidential debates. That's why there's so many. But those are still, those hold up very well. I like those episodes. Um, Nathan Rabin was episode 33. Hope we can have him back soon. That was a great episode. Uh, Jonathan Fowler, uh, again, Big Day Cha-Cha, episode 34, ninth appearance, 10th appearance, episode 35. Heidi Byrick of the Southern Poverty Law Center, another great interview. Uh, Ashley Jennifer Parker, uh, veteran Stanford Standing Rock. Uh, we'll hopefully talk to Michael A. Wood Jr. again soon. Uh, Robert Cohen. We have uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, uh, photojournalist. Um, that was a great episode. Ash came back for a fourth appearance on episode 39. And this last week, Freeway Rick Ross, uh, another great interview. Um, also the star of the Freeway Crack in the System movie, as mentioned before. So just, you know, I'm very proud of, of all the episodes that I've done. And I'm really happy that these conversations kind of exist in perpetuity. Um, because there are people I know that, I really enjoy just listening to them talk. Um, and obviously you can tell from, from who I've had on here who I think is an interesting person to talk. Because pretty much that's that's the binding thread of this podcast. If I had to pick something, it would be that I just, it's just that I think these people are interesting. And I think they have something to say. Uh, and I don't, I don't believe in, if you want to go back to, uh, talking over people, I also don't believe in the sound bite. I don't believe in taking things out of context and I don't believe in mischaracterizing people willfully. And that's the part of the reason I don't, you know, just to bring it to a different place, but that's part of the reason I don't take much heed of, of people that leave comments on things. And, and I try to catch myself when I leave comments on things. It's like, is this necessary? There are people out there that are looking to mischaracterize you. 
and they're willing to take you out of context and they're really just waiting for you to say something where they can just clip that out of a larger context and hang you with it but because just because they don't like you not because you're actually wrong or that they could disapprove disprove you it's just that they don't like what you have to say and they want to find a reason i think that everyone has something to say if you just give them the chance to say it so that's that's really the unifying feature of of this podcast so i always when i interview people the final question and i really ask this more if during the course of the rest of our conversation we didn't talk about this but i always ask people what music they've been listening to lately i i I try not to ask people what and i don't think i ever have asked this but i don't ask people what kind of music they like it's less about because like if you actually like music you'll just like it if it's good and it won't really matter what genre it is it's only it's only people that are trying to be down with a certain affiliation are, are gonna say i identify with this most strongly because you're, you're signaling more than just expressing an opinion about music but i just i ask people what they've been listening to lately because i i think it's it's interesting and I just, I like music. So anyway, I ask people that all the time, but I don't ever talk about, you know, I don't offer anything first. I just kind of go with whatever people say. So here's the music that is, these are the stations on my Pandora app. Keep in mind, I, I made some of these stations quite a while ago. And this isn't even all of them because I brush up against the limit of having a hundred stations all the time, and I have to go back and delete uh, Pandora stations just to just <laughs> just to create new ones. I can't even have all the ones I want to have on here. Starting in the A section, ACDC, uh, one of my favorite bands. Uh, just uh, Bon Scott, one of the greatest lead singer ever. Um, Astrid Gilberto. I think I made that station for uh, my father-in-law, Richard Cartwright. Uh, I think we were gonna have, I think we were gonna have dinner one time, and uh, he suggested it as dinner music. So it's it's good. It's very mellow. Um, the Beatles, of course. Uh, I've had a complicated relationship with the Beatles, but I eventually got to see that you know, and I also talk about this in the episode with Melanie Samay. Um, she asked me Beatles or Stones, which is a good question. Um, but Beatles, you know, everybody likes the Beatles. It's a very popular thing to like. But things are popular because they're good. Uh, Black Keys, uh, I think they're very good. Although I think Jack White doesn't like them. Bob Marley, of course. Brothers Johnson, just great, great band. Cake, maybe my favorite band. Sally Cell. Of course, I live, you know, I told you I lived in Northern California, so Bay Area hip hop is very big in my catalog. The Champs, I also love Surf Rock. There's a Christmas station, of course, because it's a couple days after Christmas. Uh, the Click, so E40 and The Click. Coffee Brothers. Uh, the Coup, some more Bay Area hip hop. Oh, Courtney Barnett, uh, Australian singer songwriter, very good. Um, Culture, 
Really great reggae band. Uh, Currency, Cypress Hill, ooh, Danny and the Juniors, um, doo-wop group from the 50s. Uh, Dead Kennedys, love Dead Kennedys. Devin the Dude, of course. Diggable Planets, there's a disco station. I've been getting really into disco lately. There's this one DJ called Disco Perfection, and I can only find him on YouTube. I can't find him anywhere else. All the links are dead. I'll never figure this out. There's nobody behind this. There's somebody behind it, because they make great extended disco remixes. Disco Perfection. There's a whole playlist on YouTube of them. Uh, Dropkick Murphys, E-40, uh, Easy Star All-Stars Radio. I think that they do covers of popular songs, I think, in reggae style. Eka Mouse, uh, another reggae artist. Okay, so this this is an interesting thing about Pandora. Is Pandora, I found that if you want to squeeze more songs out of Pandora, do something slightly to the left of what you want to hear, or do something where it combines the name of the artist you want to hear in a different name-wise than normal. So I wanted uh, more than one Run the Jewels station, so I made an LP and Killer Mike station, which I believe is their tag for the first Run the Jewels album. Frank Sinatra, entering the Fs, now then the Gs. Uh, George Thorogood. Um, I really wish George Thorogood would not have so much saxophone. But other than that, I think he's great. Uh, Ghetto Boys. Gogol Bordello. Uh, Gorillaz. Another one of my favorite bands. Uh, Grammatic. I haven't listened to Grammatic in a while. I should listen to Grammatic again. Uh, Hank Williams, senior, should specify. Um, I think I also had a Hank the Third station at one point. Never Junior. Uh, Hill Stomp. It's a good two-man uh, blues band from Portland. Uh, Hound Dog Taylor. Ooh, I should listen to Hound Dog Taylor again. <laughs> this is the Hutsut song. Uh, radio station with the which the Hutsut song is the song that plays in uh, a Christmas story. Um, it is when Ralphie. It was when you know, the first the first scenes where Ralphie is at the dinner table talking about the Red Rider uh, BB gun and on the radio it, it comes on. It's like so songs like that in that 1930s style. Uh, Any Kamosi. Well, I probably created that to listen to Here Come the Hot Stepper. James Brown, the John Lurie National Orchestra. John Lurie, uh, just straight up, so there's another example of uh, squeezing more out of Pandora. Uh, John Prine, excellent. Uh, Johnny Cash, of course. Uh, Juicy J. Kanye West. Uh, Kanye. Killer Mike, again. Another repeat. Cool Keith. Lori Berkner. I must have created that for my son. <laughs> my two-year-old son. Lay Tigre. Les Claypool. Uh, Link Ray. Little Richard. Mac Dre. Mark Morrison. Mary Jane Girls. Me First in the Gimme Gimmies. Which, on the way back from California, we listened to that pretty much nonstop uh, during the time I was driving back. 
Montel Jordan, Morris Day, Motorhead, Oasis, Odd Squad, Peter Tosh, Pokey Lafarge, and the South City Three. Pokey Lafarge, just look solo. Uh, the Presidents of the United States of America, Primus, Project Pat, Purple Ribbon All Stars, so more Killer Mike. Queens of the Stone Age, R. Crumb and his cheap cheap suit. What's the name of that band? Uh, R. L. Burnside, Reggae, <laughs> just genre station. Uh, Reverend Horton Heat, Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band, Rick James, Robert Palmer, Roger. Uh, that would be Roger from Zap. I think I have a Zap station later. Uh, Rolling Stones, Run the Jewels. Sister Nancy, The Specials, Steve Earle, Tenor Saw, uh, Three Six Mafia, The Time, Tribe Called Quest, Van Halen, Winston Riley, Wu Tang Clan, Zap and Roger, and that's that's it. So yeah, hopefully that shows the breadth of my interests musically. I have a lot of them, and they go in every direction. For all all years and all genres, except for modern country. And I say modern, I'm talking your uh, Toby Keith's, your Garth Brooks's, although they have some catchy songs, I suppose. It's just, it's just not something I need to seek out, because it is everywhere. Pretty much everywhere I've lived, Northern California included, and Indiana. Not England so much, but a little bit. There's a little country contingent over there. My goodness, this is exhausting. Is this exhausting for my guests as this is for me? I just don't even want to listen to myself talk anymore. I hope all my recording equipment has been working properly. I would hate to think that... (laughs) This is like sometimes when I record the intro to this show, I'll forget to turn the mic on, and it's like, oh, just a minute and 30 seconds I wasted. BFD. But I've been talking for a long time. It feels like a long time. There's been much longer episodes than this. Maybe if maybe if I wasn't holding up both ends of the conversation, it would be easier. I mean, there's a give and take when conversations happen, but it's really just giving or taking. A, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's all one or the other. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know how people do this. Just talk to themselves. It's crazy, but some people do whole podcasts like this. That was the other thing about Robcast. It was it was all just me and one person. I couldn't even. Those were like. <laughs> I don't think any of those episodes were longer than ten minutes. So I'm excited for 2017. Uh, I hope uh, that it was better than 2016. It won't take much uh, to to make that happen. It wasn't all bad. It wasn't a, it wasn't all bad year. It's just a lot of crushing things happened just emotionally devastating things happened, but some good things happened too. Uh, so I'm looking forward to becoming a father again. I'm looking forward to this podcast exceeding all everyone's wildest expectations. I feel good about this podcast. I'm very proud of it. I put a lot of work into it. I hope that shows. I care about it very much. Uh, I love the conversations. Like I said, I mean, I'm so glad that there's a recording of all these people that I've talked to. I, I appreciate everyone who's been on. I hope you guys keep listening, man. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for reading anything I wrote or listening to anything I had to say this year. 
just thankful to get to do this, you know? I feel like in some ways it's it's harder to be a journalist than ever, but I feel like it's more important than ever, too. And I'm, it's an honor, you know, like I said, to bring it back all the way back to the beginning here. Uh, you know, I'm the fourth generation of person in my family to do this. You know, this isn't a passing thing for me. It's an, it's an honor to be able to serve a higher calling during a time of need. Uh, and I think anyone who's a real journalist looks at that, at it that way in, in certain respects. Uh, cause even though it's hard, that's, that's part of why it's important. Closing out 2016, I'd say 2016, I won't miss you. You're uh, good riddance, good riddance to the, to all that ready out with the old in with the new. Uh, let's see what 2017 looks like. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>